This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, in the need to have more personal protective equipment, you know, PPEs for our medical professionals, we're seeing numerous companies shut down their normal production lines in favor of making masks or gowns or other items. And of course, several large-scale manufacturers are responding by making ventilators that will be used both here in the U.S. and around the world. It's presenting these companies with a level of innovation that maybe they hadn't considered as much before. Sergey Nedesini is Vice Dean for Global Initiatives and Professor of Operations, Information, and Decisions at the Wharton School. And and he has seen this uh, firsthand in the last few weeks, and he joins us right now. Sergey, great to talk to you as always. Uh, hi, Dan. How are you? I'm, I'm hanging in as much as we can. Um, so y- you personally, as I mentioned, ha- have seen this. Uh, you had actually sent out a request a, a couple of weeks ago uh, for uh, for different uh, items, and you actually got a response from China Merchants Bank. Tell us more. Uh, that's right, Dan. So um, I uh, a lot of research that I do is on global supply chain management, and and of course when we uh, in the United States think about uh, buying something uh, like masks, our first reaction is to go to Amazon, to Walmart, and and so on. And and of course uh, it's it's next to impossible to find those masks or protective equipment in in the, on those retailers nowadays. But uh, if you think a little bit more widely, uh, China just basically went through a coronavirus crisis and they produced many, many masks, protective equipments, which are basically uh, not needed uh, for them nowadays. So uh, all you have to do is to go to China's analog of uh, Amazon, which would be Alibaba um, or AliExpress, and Mm -hmm. uh, place an order uh, sometimes directly with the manufacturer. So... Um, so that's uh, that's kind of the thinking that that I um, I did, and I reached. I, I thought, hey, who in China can help us deliver these products quickly? Um, and and China Merchants Bank in, is one of the biggest partners we have in executive education and uh, in all kinds of other aspects. So I I sent them a quick email, and they were very quickly uh, quick to respond, and they said, yeah, sure. Uh, We'll send you something over very, very quickly. So that's what happened. And, and so, seeing a, a company like that, who's really not in the space of uh, of medical equipment, respond in that manner, that I guess gives us a, a, a little bit of a different view of of what we're looking at globally in in this uh, in this time of crisis right now. In that, it does seem like you're you're having more of an all hands on deck type of mentality. Uh, Absolutely. And I can tell you then that uh, we had numerous alumni who are based in China reaching out to to the Wharton School directly and saying, hey, uh, how can we help? How can we send something uh, to help uh, the hospital at the University of Pennsylvania uh, or, you know, the entire university? And we received multiple uh, shipments which which we uh, sent over to the hospital to help them out. And, and, and again, these companies that reached out to us, they don't necessarily have anything to do with, uh, uh, with healthcare. So uh, I mentioned you, you are seeing more and more companies here in the U.S. make these, uh, make these opportunities and, and producing this different equipment. How important, well, it's obviously important in the scope of the, of the coronavirus crisis, but when you think about business and building out an innovation, how important is it for these companies to look at 
the opportunity of maybe making something that they normally wouldn't? Um, it, it, it's a great question. So, of course, there are um, there are kind of uh, uh, big uh, policy decisions that will have to be made going forward, and we have to think about maybe uh, maybe kind of um, producing locally some of the strategically important uh, suppliers for uh, for healthcare and stockpiling those suppliers. Um, and 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 this uh, this of course it's a long term solution, but in a short term. We've seen a range of interesting innovations where, for example, companies that are doing 3D printing, um, uh, they uh, quickly reoriented and they would start printing products which are necessary to, necessary to fight coronavirus, like uh, nasal swabs. Uh, yeah. We saw uh, a company, Form Labs, doing that. And then uh, uh, we saw another company, uh, uh, 3D printing face shields, for example. and. And this is possible because 3D printing is, uh, you can retool it, you can change to another product almost instantaneously. You know, you, you, just, uh, you just load a different software into the printer and you print something else, something that is vitally important. And, and here we, uh, we realize that 3D printing is actually an important uh, piece in responding quickly to whatever comes, be it a pandemic or something else. What does this mean then potentially for companies looking longer term, having the ability in a time of crisis to be able to produce these types of items, but, but maybe them thinking about what their business lines and business structure should be five to 10 years down the line? Uh, absolutely. I, it's, uh, I, I, just, uh, I just talked to a, a startup founder the other day, and they were in the business of uh, managing queues at the airport. Um, and, and they had this touchless technology that would allow you to scan, um, you know, uh, boarding passes and also identify people through, you know, face recognition yeah. and so on. And, of course, as you can imagine, there is no business in managing airports anymore right now. So, yeah. um, so that, that line of business died very, very quickly. But then uh, the value of touchless technology by itself has grown significantly. And so they've had all kinds of interesting other companies reaching out to them, you know, starting with simple retailers um, saying, hey, you know, uh, how can we uh, make use of this technology? How can we make our payment terminals touch-free? And, you know, basically doing everything touchless in, yeah. in a retail environment. So certainly this opened a completely new line of business for the company, thinking beyond airports, beyond the normal line of business. But, but when you think about in this coronavirus crisis, the, the, the shortages of PPE that, that we have seen, what does this potentially also mean for the companies that normally make these products long term and, and, and thinking about how they either need to increase their productions or think about new ways to be able to produce these items so that they can increase their amounts down the, down the road? So then, uh, to be sure, I, I don't think there was a, there, there was a kind of a global uh, shortage of uh, of this protective equipment. Most of it is manufactured in in China, and in China there, there was a pretty significant stockpile. I think there was more of a failure um, of organizing an efficient way to transport all this equipment a little bit in advance uh, to the United States. So. 
uh, I think going forward, uh, what uh, we have to think about in the United States is probably stockpiling a significant amount of this kind of equipment uh, for future pandemics in the United States, um, because it looks like, uh, from what we've seen in, uh, during this pandemic, um, governments are very, very quick to shut down the borders, and then it becomes very, very hard to do anything related to global commerce, which would otherwise allow us to just transport necessary material from other countries. Uh, so probably stockpiling is the answer, and another answer might be uh, developing some of our own uh, production capabilities. Although um, I, I have to say, so as you've seen with toilet paper, for example, uh, <laughs> most of the paper in the United States is produced in Pennsylvania, and no matter how much you stockpile, if people go into this buying frenzy, then there's not going to be enough. So no amount of manufacturing capabilities can, can really help you when something like this is going on. Sergey, I uh, hope you are doing well uh, during, this, uh, during this time. Uh, thank you for coming on the show and look forward to seeing you uh, down the road. Yes, thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me. Have a good rest of the day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Sergey Netesin, Vice Dean for Global Initiatives and Professor of Operations, Information and Decisions at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.